Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Talk with Kea. A voice for the independent and a place for the independent-minded. As we say, if the truth does not hurt sometimes, then you have to look at what you're being fed. The topic today is crisis on the border. But first, let me speak to you about a video that I saw and an interview with a Texas Ranger. In the video, there are coyotes that climb a 14-foot fence on the Mexican-U.S. border. And they dropped two, look like five or six-year-old babies from that 14-foot fence all the way down to the ground. And what threw what appeared to be a bottle of water next to them. The first baby they dropped laid on the ground for a period of time. I am sure hurt. Then they just left them. They dropped back down on the Mexican side and disappeared. Fortunately, Border Patrol was watching them through night vision goggles and was able to save those two babies. They came from Ecuador. No parents, just the two babies from Ecuador. Now, think about this for a second. Obviously, those babies are hurt from being dropped from that, that height. And they would be crying in the desert all alone. And their cries would have brought whatever wild animal is around the area. Coyotes, maybe. These babies wouldn't have stand a chance. Thank God for those Border Patrol agents that just happened to be there looking at them. A Texas Ranger also testified that coyotes were bringing uh, people across the river. Apparently saw the Texas Patrol agents and started throwing them off the boat. One lady with a baby hung onto a branch in the river and Texas Rangers was, uh, got in the river and saved her, saying that if they hadn't been there, that baby certainly wouldn't have survived with that, that water. So this is what is happening. This is not what we're seeing. We see them when they reach the border. We see them in our tents on this side. But 22 days with the parental guidance of a coyote, we don't know what those children go through. And if it's any indication of what that video shows or what that Texas Ranger testified to, it's a harrowing experience. I mean, it's just insane what is happening with these kids. Now, these kids were from Ecuador. And they were like five and six years old, no parents. How did that happen? What I'm going to do today is 
let you know all I know or some of the things I know about what's going on and also offer a solution. It's okay to talk about it, but I'm a solution-oriented person, so I'm going to offer that. But first, we have to know the countries these migrants are coming from. You see, we make ourselves believe that it's the three Central American countries, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, Mexico, four. But it's bigger than that. It's a market. The cartels are making $14 million a day moving humans through. So here's a list of some of the countries that are using the southern border between Mexico and the U.S. to get into the United States. Angola, Armenia, Belize, Benin, Bolivia, Brazil, Burkina Faso, Burma, Burundi, Cameroon, Chile, Colombia, Congo, Costa Rica, Cuba, Democratic Republic of Congo, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, El Salvador, Etria, Ethiopia, France, Ghana, Guadeloupe, Guatemala, Guinea, Haiti, Honduras, Hungary, India, Indonesia, Iraq, Ivory Coast, Jamaica, Kenya, Mali, Mexico, Morocco, Nepal, Nicaragua, Nigeria, Pakistan, Panama, Peru, Romania, Senegal, Sierra Leone, South Africa, Spain, Sri Lanka, Togo, Uzbekistan, and Venezuela. These are from the Customs and Border Patrol. This is not from media source. Customs and Border Patrol re uh, report of people they come in contact to with on the border. So it's bigger than we think. It's a business. Now, moving humans across the Mexican border into the US is one of the biggest business going on in the world today. And these kids, they are commodity. They could be thrown away the coyotes don't care. They just go get another batch. So we have to do something about this. You know, a lot of them come with the hopes of a better life. Some come to, you know, to work, harvest crops, return home to their families. But the majority, it seems, come for a better life, to escape violence and poverty in their countries. And I'm specifically talking about Guatemala, El Salvador, and Honduras. You know, although all the names that I call, the majority of people coming are from those areas. So let's look at this, the cause of this sudden migration. 
corruption. Corruption is everywhere in these countries. From the judicial system, to the legislative system, to their neighborhoods, and any money that goes into these countries gets swallowed up by corrupt politicians. And gangs, and in some instances, they're one and the same. If you have children, I want you to watch your child and ask yourself, because of poverty, crime, violence, could you give your five, your eight, your 10, your 14 year old to a coyote who is really part of a gang or cartel to take on a 22 day trip to the US border where they will spend another 20 days or a month, even more, with no communication with you for that time. And in some cases, giving your daughter blue pills just in case they are sexually assaulted. You know, a lot of the women, and I'm sure boys, coming up there are assaulted. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard to say, but it's true. You know? I'm not passing judgment on this podcast, but just trying to give you an insight into the dire situation. These mothers and fathers love their kids. So the situations down in Central America must be so bad that they're willing to risk doing what I just said to save their kids. Maybe they feel that it is better for their kids to go through this uh, trial of this 22-day trip um, and face the consequences there than face death maybe in their country. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment, you know, just trying to give you an insight into what's going on. But there's a reason for this huge spike. This is, this spike is like nothing we have ever seen. And there's a reason for it. We expect a spike to happen every year. But this is ridiculous. And the reason for this huge spike is Biden, truth be told. I know some might say it's the coronavirus. Some might say it's the hurricanes down there. But listen to those who know. In the first week, Biden signed over 40 executive actions trying to eliminate everything that the prior president did. Like, he wanted to wipe the prior president off the map, his policies, both domestic and foreign. It seems he was more interested in sticking his thumb in the eye of Donald Trump than doing what is good 
for the American people. There's a reason the wheels of government turn slowly because major policies must be put through a grinder, looked at in many ways, debated, compromised, and make major changes gradually, but not to do a 180 degree spin on a dime. In a recent interview of Coyote, imagine this, even Coyote did an interview. He said, Biden opened the borders and they're coming. The Mexican president who had soldiers at the fence to prevent people from coming through the border called Biden the immigrant president. What I don't understand is why did he feel he had to act so quickly? We understand that his philosophy is different than Republicans. And he was elected into office and there are going to be changes. But he had a Democrat House and Senate. Why didn't he allow them to talk it out? And yes, change would be made, but thoughtful changes and gradual changes. And we would not have this all out rush to the border because those changes would be gradual. So now instead of kids in cages, we have kids in a glass. And the cartels are making $14 million a day. And we are in a crisis with kids sleeping inches from each other and 10% testing positive for COVID. Now, if you have a facility that is holding kids 700% above capacity, can you really separate COVID kids from healthy kids? I think not. So it is a crisis. So how do we solve this problem? I believe we have to go to the root of the problem. Bypass the corrupt government officials. Develop a department of whatever you make the name of. Work with the U.S. Embassy in each of the three countries. Encourage entrepreneurship and local businesses to expand. Recruit and expand the police force. If there's a shortage, recruit from other Hispanic countries to do admin work like desk jobs. That will free up more police for the street. Now all this will have a price tag, of course, but don't tell me we can't do it. After all, we spent an average of $54 billion a year in Afghanistan. Can't we do it for ourselves? $54 billion for 18, 19 years in Afghanistan, coming up to a total of 940 something billion dollars. 
It will not even take that much to police these countries. Not to make them totally safe, but to make them safe enough to a point where people would feel safer. Not, and not safe enough to send their children, and they would feel safe enough to not send their children unoccupied with the possible, possibility of being sexually assaulted and no communication for over a month. These mothers and fathers don't want to send their kids. I don't know any mother and father that will want to do this to their kids. They must be so desperate. They must feel like they have no choice. So if we can make the country safer to the point where they don't feel this desperation to put their kids in the hands of coyotes, not knowing if they will be alive at the other end, it will be well worth it. It will stop the huge migration, number one, and, and kids could grow up with their parents. Rome was not built in a day, but with the increased police presence, and better schools, more jobs, would encourage entrepreneurship, we could start a slowdown of this migration to a reasonable level. I'm not saying stop it. I'm not trying to stop it. I don't want to stop it. I'm just saying we bring it down to a reasonable level. A lot of these kids come in stressed, scared, missing their parents, taken advantage of sex traffic in the U.S. I mean, they're about a kid five, eight, ten years old on the first night. Can you imagine this? A kid five, eight, ten years old on the first night of a 22-day trip, crying, missing his, his mom and dad, and will not see anyone familiar for the next month. If they could find the guardian, that is, if they can find the guardian. If not, it would be even longer. So we have to find a solution. There is a lot that these kids go through. This is our problem. And we give not counting, we give not counting charitable donation, $78 billion to foreign countries. Now understand this. The United States is the, the, the most charitable country in the world. They give billions of dollars every year for charity. I'm not counting that money. I'm just saying from our government, we give $78 billion every year to foreign countries. Now, I, I am not sure if the $54 billion that I talk about with Afghanistan um, is included because that go through DOD. So I'm not sure. But nonetheless, we give $78 billion to foreign countries. And I just think, take some of that money and solve 
our problem at our border. So I pray, and we all have to pray, because this is not about the adults. This is about the kids. And we have to pray for them. And pray that they make it safely, wherever they're going. I see the videos. I see them crying. I see them drop from 14-foot walls. I hear about them being in the waters. We don't know how many are left along the way. But if that is how they are taken care of, in the middle of the night, dropped in a desert from a 14-foot wall to be by themselves at five and six years old, they might have never been found. I'm sorry I have to end it like this, the way I started it, but I'm telling you, that was heart-wrenching. I asked God to help Biden uh, come up with some policies or some ideas to try to slow this thing down and uh, try to help the Central American people, if not the government, try to help the people um, with their des desperate lives they're living down there. So with that, I wish you all a good day. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.